You're listening to Improv Tabletop, the Fate RPG actual play where we make up everything on the spot. I'm Ned Wilcock, your host and GM, and today I'm joined by... Caleb Anderton, wannabe one Kenobi. Oh, Evan Peterson, I don't have a line near as good as that one prepared. <laughs> Christian Randall, the guest. So yeah, we have a new face, or, a, or rather a new voice, uh, on the podcast here. Christian, uh, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit? Let us know maybe a little bit of your history with geekdom or with the performing arts. For sure, yeah. Uh, Name's Christian Randall. I've been acting since I've been talking, um, and that's later than expected, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) I was introduced to being a nerd fairly early in life. Uh, but I really got into tabletop role-playing and even card games and things like that, really uh, not until college. It was Ned, actually, who uh, really turned me on to it. We, we played a Dungeons & Dragons campaign together for the first time. He uh, was the, the DM, and I got my feet wet with a warlock cleric build that should not have worked and didn't really actually work that well. <laughs> but we had fun, and uh, we've been playing ever since. Yeah, and uh, Christian is one of the only individuals who has been my dungeon master, actually giving me a chance to be a player, and I'm very grateful for that. But yeah, let's go ahead and get into this new world that we're creating. Uh, As far as the setting that we've decided to go with, I recently watched Gravity Falls for the first time, and I finished listening to The Adventure Zone Amnesty for the second time, and I've got Monster of the Week on the brain, so we're doing Monster of the Week right now. And this uh, genre is a little bit of a broad one, so we've decided to combine that with Legos. Um, Not necessarily a genre per se, but I think we can have lots of fun with it. So what we're going to do now is we're going to do our ideation. We're just going to tell some monologues, some quick stories about our lives that have something to do with either uh, Monster of the Week and the tropes that come with it or with Legos. And we're going to use the ideas from those monologues, from those real life experiences to inform the creation of our world. So I'll go ahead and start us off. Uh, I have quite a history of being a fearful child. Didn't like being outside by myself after dark. Um, Very afraid of like the monster in the closet, that sort of stuff. And fast forward to when I was working at scout camp and I lived in a tent for five summers in a row. And you know, it was great, an absolutely wonderful time. That's where I met Evan and our friendship has been beautiful ever since then. But there were definitely a lot of kind of those little moments where, you know, the sun has gone down and everybody's supposed to be asleep, but you hung out with your friends for a little bit too long and you're walking back to your tent by yourself and it's freaky. But there are a couple particular experiences that kind of come to mind. One being, uh, we had this trail by the nature area called the Nature Trail, where we would take the scouts around, and it'd be like, oh yeah, this is Solomon's Seal, this is Heartleaf Arnica, these are service berries, you can eat them and they're awesome. But every Wednesday that would turn into the Honor Trail, where the troops would have an opportunity to go down this trail, and there would be staff members every so often holding lanterns, and you'd stop in front of them and they would say a little piece about what it means to be a scout. 
and which is really kind of creepy in retrospect. But <laughs> the first time that they had me do it, um, I was standing at my post, and so appropriately, the the point of the scout law they gave me was bravery. So I got to talk about how a scout is brave as I'm standing here alone on this trail for like hours at a time in the dark. Um, I mean, if I learned anything from that experience, it's that you can face danger even though you're afraid, and that's what bravery is all about. Um, the other quick experience, uh, the first time I watched the Avatar series all the way through was at Scout Camp, and we watched a particular episode that is very creepy. I don't want to spoil it, but if you know Avatar, you probably know the one. It involves a moon, a full moon. Um, we watched the episode and we're like, man, that was spooky. It's time to go to sleep. And we look outside and there it is, the full moon up <laughs> above the lake. And we're like, let's watch another episode. And we did. So that's my long monologue. Uh, let's go over to, oh, yes, Evan. I was just saying I'd go next. Um, I was, because uh, you, you reminded me, I, I have another story to tell, but to make it real quick. That honor trail that you were just talking about, on the last day of camp, uh, they would get rid of uh, staff curfew so that we could clean up camp and take down everything. And I walked down that trail at like two in the morning and just for kicks turned off my flashlight. And I think that was the darkest place I've ever been in my entire life was away from the camp (laughs) on the trail out in the woods, no flashlight at like two in the morning. And it was pitch black and indeed very spooky. The darkest place, both physically and mentally, I would imagine. Kind of, probably. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> um, but I was thinking more about Legos because um, growing up, my family didn't necessarily grow up poor, but Legos definitely would have been a bigger purchase for us. Um, it probably would have been more of a birthday, Christmas type purchase, uh, kind of a bigger event. Um, and I never really knew much about them or had a desire to play with them. So I always had other things I wanted to ask for at Christmas. So I never really put Legos high on my list. So I never had Legos growing up. And I have a good friend who is very into geekdom and he collects figurines and different Star Wars figurines, things like that. He collects Lego sets. And, like, for his birthday, his wife got him the, like, uh, Millennium Falcon, the, like, super rare collector's one that's super expensive. And all my friends were talking about how much they love Lego, and I mentioned I'd never done one. And so my wife, for my birthday, got me uh, the uh, one of the ships that carries the Avengers. It's not, like, the huge one, but it was a smaller. It was, like, a mid-size kit. And I was pretty excited, and I sat down one Saturday to do it, and everything everyone's told me about Legos is so true. (laughs) You just get to open up each bag. They're perfectly labeled. You've got super easy-to-follow instructions with giant pictures. And I spent like four hours just zen out of my mind, not a worry in the world. (laughs) And I just had to put this piece together with this piece and this piece together with this piece. And now I have this giant spaceship with... Iron Man and Thanos and he has an infinity gauntlet and it's very cool. (laughs) Nice. Uh, I have to tack on just one other little thought that that reminds me of. Um, A while back, Legos created these things called X-Pods. This is when I was in my early teens and it was this little container that had a bunch of Legos inside and it came with instructions that you could use to build a whole bunch of different things with them. And they did this like a few years in a row, always around my birthday. And so I got them for my birthday every year. And one of them was a monster themed little Lego X-Pod. And it was purple and green was the color scheme for that one. And it's been my favorite color scheme ever since then. Interesting. 
Nice. Uh, I'll go next. My, I have three little boys. Uh, one of them is too young to play with Legos yet, but the other two love Legos. In fact, they're out there in the living room playing with Legos right now as we speak. Um, and right, right as I was uh, walking in here, our three-year-old, he, he, he likes putting them together. He really struggles like getting them apart, especially the small ones. But like to be fair, I do too sometimes. And he was like, "Daddy, Daddy, can you help me?" And anyway, got went over there and took apart those teeny tiny little pieces for him. Um, but I'll just say, Legos have been like some of the best nostalgia ever for me, and it one of the funnest things to like pass on to my kids. Just the memories that I have growing up and building my own stuff out of Legos and then growing up and being able to like really just kind of be a kid again with my own kids building Legos. It's amazing. It's great. Not a sponsor, but buy Legos. Um, (laughs) The other thing that came to my mind is I am not a scary movie guy at all. I, I firmly believe that I have an overactive imagination and I do not need to fuel it with scary stuff uh, because, you know, like I said, I have a family and in the event that there is a bump in the night, I'm the one that needs to go investigate it. So I can't have my brain be feeding me all of these scary things that, yeah, anyway, I gotta be brave. But despite all that, back when it came out, you know, however many years ago it was, my younger siblings convinced me and my wife to sit down and watch A Quiet Place with them. And as far as scary movies go, not, you know, terribly scary, but for me, still pretty scary. Like I said, I I just don't do the scary movies a lot. And there was one point in the movie where my wife and I were sitting on the couch and she kind of like tapped my arm to say that she wanted to just like, you know, have me put my arm around her. And so as my arm was going around her, there was a jump scare immediately that moment. And I jumped so bad that I punched my wife in the face. (laughs) Oh man, props to Rachel, the real hero. (laughs) Yes, oh man, true story. That is amazing. Um, I'm kind of with Evan. I never played a lot of Legos growing up. I, I remember vaguely, I think Bionicles for a second there. Yes. Definitely did that one. Oh, yes. (laughs) Um, But when we talk about Monster of the Week, the first thing that pops in my mind with the spookiness and the scariness is my grandpa. Um, (laughs) He, (laughs) just because (laughs) growing up... Is is he a spooky and scary man? (laughs) He really is. (laughs) Well, he would always say, uh, don't let the truth get in the way of a good story. And so he was always telling us (laughs) stories. I mean, my, my dad would grow up thinking, oh, yeah, this happened to my dad, but find out later it was just something he'd pulled out of a, an old magazine he read or something and just claimed it was his own story. Um, but I, I one thing I do remember that he actually uh, did to scare us is we used to go down to my grandparents' place down in Arkansas every Thanksgiving, and he had a big property there. I don't know how many acres, but a lot and there was a cave on it and so uh, during the day we all went out to the property went to the cave and you know he did a few jump scares and got us a few times and then that night we were going back and he was telling us a story oh yeah you know used to be an old Indian burial site and uh, the haunt still haunted there's ghosts and all this stuff so he was just you know building up our suspense and getting us scared Um, and at the time my grandma was going through chemo for breast cancer and so she had a lot of wigs around the house and he just kind of kept going we got home and he kept on doing you know building up this spookiness 
Christmas and one thing led to another and he's like, you know, I'm gonna, I, I gotta go out, I gotta grab some stuff. So he and my dad leave the house and, uh, you know, it just keeps getting kind of spooky and then the phone rings and we pick it up and there's just heavy breathing and like some kind of creepy <laughs> whining in the background. <laughs> and we're like, whoa, what's, hello? And so <laughs> my mom and my aunt are like, oh no, guys, like it, what's going on? And so they like they hang up the phone like, all right, I, I don't know what's going on. And my sister just starts sobbing <laughs> and she goes, guys, I know it's real because if it wasn't, mom would have stopped because I'm so upset. <laughs> um, but what happened was they eventually calmed us down and got us into bed where we uh, turned over and looked out the window and saw a scary mask with long wispy hair pressed up against the glass and it was my grandpa in a mask with one of my grandma's wigs oh, oh my man. gosh and my cousin jumped from that bed into the wall hard enough to leave a dent and just <laughs> ran around the house screaming so that was our, our monster of the week that, that weekend <laughs> turns out it was grandpa the whole time yeah. I love your grandpa oh my gosh yeah he's a, he's a hoot <laughs> alright well, we have got a very rich pool to draw from uh, with all of these themes and ideas going on. So let's go ahead and start fleshing out what our world is looking like. The idea that comes to mind for me is uh, you guys being Legos, uh, you're probably going to builder camp for the summer or something where you can get your builder badges um, and learn how to become you know, strong, upstanding plastic citizens and whatnot. And <laughs> one of you, the builder master, is your grandfather. And he's kind of a creepy, crotchety, Grunkle Stan-esque old man who likes to scare people. I mean, that's pretty broad. Uh, we could start there, but do you guys have any other ideas that you want to kind of inject into this world that we're creating before we make the characters? Freaky stuff happens at the full moon. And obviously the full moon is going to be happening. You can look up there and you can see uh, the aliens bringing block by block to help build the moon from being uh, just a crescent until it's finally the full moon. So yeah, now we're, we've got our world figured out. We're going to create our characters. And one thing that I want to try out this time uh, last time we played, uh, I really enjoyed how Evan, for his stunt, he had this satellite phone that he could use to contact anybody. And in the book, it sometimes encourages that maybe your stunt is based off of a piece of equipment you have. So I want to try, when we define our stunts, choose a piece of equipment and have your stunt be based off of that. I think that could be something fun to play around with. And if we like it, maybe we'll keep it. If we don't, yeah, it's improv. So let's start with Caleb. What kind of character do you want to have? I would like my character to be one of the Builder Masters. I've been watching a lot of Critical Role lately or listening to it, and so I think his name is going to be Master Brickathon. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Evan doesn't watch Critical Role, so he has no idea what's going on right now, but I love it. I was about to say there's probably some of our audience that don't either, but they're listening to an RPG podcast, so. It's just a pun. It's okay. You're not missing anything. It's just a powerful, powerful name. And I'm thinking for a high concept aspect for this guy, uh, his high concept aspect is going to be oldest and wisest. Mm, I like that. And I think that's going to give us a good contrast. You know, I think I want this other builder master that we've already talked about to be your brother. Ooh. So you're the oldest and wisest, and he's the oldest and crotchetiest. <laughs> I like it. 
All right. What is something that gets Master Brickathon in trouble on occasion? Uh, his trouble is being so old and wise, he has holes in his memory. Mm. So maybe when he's telling stories, he's not just embellishing. Maybe he actually literally has forgotten on occasion. Yeah. All right. And now for our third aspect, uh, we're going to do some audience suggestions. It's a great staple of improv performance. So we've gotten some suggestions that we're going to offer to our characters, and then we're going to choose some of those. So, Caleb, for Master Brickathon, do you want to have the aspect one good eye, one better eye, everybody loves me sometimes too much, or honest to a fault? I really like one good eye, one better eye. All right. So he may be old and he may have holes in his memory, but he's very keen-sighted, very perceptive. So with these traits that we've established for him, what's his plus three approach going to be? I think that it's going to be clever. Old and wise, a clever man. I like it. And for your stunt, do you have an idea of what kind of piece of equipment you might have and what advantage that might give you? Uh, he has a book, the Tome of Tutelage, and he uh, can thump any student on the head and impart some of his wisdom. <laughs> nice. Learning by osmosis. Yeah. Beautiful. So we've got Master Brickathon, the Builder Master. Let's go ahead and go over to Evan. What kind of character are you going to have? Uh, his name is Pilfer, and uh, he's a pirate Lego. Nice. His high concept is a new crew everywhere I go. So he doesn't have like a team of people always with him, but whenever he's in a new group of people, he treats them like his crew. So kind of like he's in charge, but he also has a sense of camaraderie with them. Nice. That also might uh, imply that he's pretty new to this troop here. Hasn't been with these builders very long. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I like that. Uh, What's something that gets Pilfer in trouble? He has a peg leg. Dude. That's it. He literally just trips and falls. <laughs> you know, I never did have a Lego mini figure with a peg leg, but I always enjoyed them. Just taking the time to redo the molds just so you can have a peg leg on this Lego mini fig, I really appreciate that. And for Pilfer's additional aspect, here are a few options for you. Would you like to have bumbling luck? The fastest spoon in the West, or I'm always ready for a laugh. What was the wording on that first one again? Bumbling luck. Yeah, I think that one fits his character best. All right, him with his peg leg. What is your plus three approach going to be? Uh, he's flashy. Pirates like to show off. Oh yeah, we got that swashbuckling air and bravado. I like that. And uh, what kind of uh, bit of equipment do you have for your stunt? Uh, he has a ship, of course. So uh, he can uh, travel across the water very quickly. Nice. The waterfront staff are really going to get along with this guy, I would imagine. Yeah. Cool. And that brings us to our final character. Christian, what kind of character are you going to be? I'm hoping to be one of the new builders coming in. Uh, one of the younger guys. I'm hoping to go with the name Oleg, the good old Russian. I see what you did there. Russian foreign exchange student. <laughs> um, so yeah, he's gonna he's gonna be coming in, seeing what this new new world is like and how things go here. All right. Uh, what's our defining characteristic sort of high concept aspect for Oleg? The brick builds you in Mother Russia. <laughs> he's uh, he's all about believing that, yeah, the brick builds you. And I feel like that has a lot of implications that you could look into it. Maybe some spiritual aspects, <laughs> uh, some self-motivation kind of stuff. Maybe there's like one giant brick up in the sky from which all smaller bricks are descended or something. <laughs> yeah. 
All right, what's something that gets Oleg in trouble? Uh, he uh, has a hard time sometimes with these new friends and the way they talk, so uh, he sometimes will misunderstand common words or phrases, and if someone's telling him to do something, it may lead to some hijinks and tomfoolery. <laughs> you gotta have somebody who doesn't understand the language in any good farce, right? Absolutely. And this being Monster of the Week, obviously it's gonna be a farce. <laughs> also, we're pairing him up with a literal pirate. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm sure this is how everybody talks so he'll just be able to understand (laughs) what could go wrong nothing can go wrong oh man okay for oleg's additional aspect do we want to go with the only good man is a dead man i am strong and silent but mostly silent or approximate knowledge of all things those are some solid choices um for the sake of my poor accent skills let's go with strong and silent but mostly silent all right (laughs) What is your plus three approach going to be? To go along with that, I'm going to go with forceful. All right. We got some muscle here in the group. I like that. And for your stunt, what's some equipment that you have that lets you do cool stuff? Sputnik. <laughs> just the just the satellite Sputnik. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's been updated throughout the years, but the general satellite is still just Sputnik. I like this idea that Oleg, as they have updated the satellite and replaced bits and pieces, he's just like been sneaking into the trash cans and grabbing all of the old pieces and reassembling the satellite for his own use. Yeah, now it's just a, a little satellite flying low orbit and he's got his little wristwatch that he uses to check up on things. Nice. So with that, I suppose that gives you some interesting surveillance, intelligence sort of abilities that you can use. That's the plan. All right. So yeah, we've got some fun characters put together. Let's go ahead and get into the story then. You all are part of this troop of young builders uh, who are going to Builder Camp. Some of you for the first time, some of you have been there years over. Um, You know the place like the back of your little claw-like C-shaped hand, and you're on the bus that you've chartered to take you here. Um, You're not the biggest troop, but you've got a couple other troops that you uh, have teamed up with, and you're heading on your way towards the camp that is called Camp Studston, and you've just kind of pulled up to the front gates there, and there's excitement in the air, there's hubbub and conversation from all of the other builders, and as they let you inside, you're driving up the road, and you can see the beautiful trees on all sides of you, uh, mostly conifers, but a few deciduous trees as well. You're going up this trail, And as you're going along, you can see that there are signposts stuck into the sides of the trail as you go along that rattle off the various tenets of the builder law. A builder is crafty. A builder is resourceful. A builder has tough feet, um, so on and so forth. And you eventually make it down to the front area and the various staff members are there to invite you. And so Master Brickathon you being one of the builder masters, one of the staff members walks up to you and your brother, Commander Brickathon, and invites you to uh, just kind of get signed in and everything. I, I and, like what you did there. That was good. Oh, uh, thank you. Since you have been in the game for quite a long time, uh, you're probably a very well-known face at this point. So this staff member walks up to you and he goes, Master Brickathon, it's such an honor to see you again, sir. May I offer you a free beverage from the trading post on the house? Yes, yes, absolutely. 
I would love a free beverage. I get very thirsty. My throat gets very dry because I'm so old and wise. Well, we're more than more than happy to slake that thirst of yours. Um, I do have some unfortunate news. Your typical campsite has been taken. What? Um, so, yeah, it, it got reserved by that troop right over there and he points towards another bus that has just arrived, and it's so much shinier than your bus. All of the builders start walking off in single file, in step with each other. You notice that one of them has a whistle that they're blowing. Uh, The senior patrol leader is kind of leading this march, and their uniforms are spick and span, freshly pressed and starched and everything. They've got their socks up to, like, their knees. Just really, <laughs> really, really, really uptight, highfalutin-looking troop here. And as they're walking towards another staff member to check in, the builder master of this troop turns towards you and just gives you a tip of his hat and continues walking off. And the staff member says, Yeah, they got the, they got the campsite that you usually get, so we had to put you in... Um, we had to put you in the haunted campsite. I mean, it's not really haunted. It's it's not haunted. We just call it that because we ran out of names. I see. Looking over at the uh, snazzy group, I was previously informed that the Bric-a-Brac troop would not be attending this year. And Commander Brickathon, your brother, nudges you in the gut and he goes, Ah, come on, bro. We can take these guys. We have so much more life in us. Look at them. They're just like they came fresh out of the molds. Yes. Well, on to the haunted campsite. And as the staff member is getting your welcome packet all sorted out, Commander Brickathon turns in towards you and says, It's a good thing I brought my spooky mask collection, eh? Oh, don't. Tell me that you brought... Did you bring the one with the long, stringy hair? I hated that one, always growing up. Dude, I brought the one with the long, stringy hair and the one with the short, incredibly thick and luscious hair. Well, I liked that one better. Don't worry about it. I mean, sure, there are rumors about how every time a troop ends up in this campsite, one of them goes mysteriously missing during the middle of the night, but that's a bunch of hooey if you ask me. Yes, yes, I'm not one to believe in such things myself. And so you guys are finishing up, and we go back over to Pilfer and Oleg. Uh, you guys, while you're waiting for your builder masters to get all of your check-in figured out, you're watching all of the activities going on. There's a beautiful lake out there with canoes and ships sailing on it. Uh, you look far out into the depths, and you see uh, what appears to be a serpent-like head kind of rear out for just a moment before it goes back underneath the water, trailing its serpentine body behind it. Uh, You look over and you see there's the shooting range where people have cannons and bows and arrows and laser guns and all kinds of fancy Lego implements. And you see right in front of the lodge, there appears to be a ceremony going on, uh, a court of honor where one of these builders is receiving his next rank. And he's standing there firmly at attention as his builder master steps up. He pops his head off very gently, pops his torso off, the one that had uh, the old tenderfoot insignia on it. And he pulls out a brand new torso with a nice shiny stud right on the front of it. And he pops that on top of the legs, pops the head back on top and then pops a hat right on the very tip, the cherry on the cake, as it were. And all of the other builders in this troop start clapping and applauding. And this young boy up here, like, yeah, 
they their hands as they they're like clacking them together. They don't they don't it, it's a weird clapping noise because they're just like these weird <laughs> claw things. Um, but there's a lot of excitement, and this young lad leaps up in the air with joy as he looks down at his shiny new torso. And then eventually, uh, Master Brickathon and Commander Brickathon come back over to you, and your campsite is ready to be inhabited. Um, all right. We are at the haunted campsite. Oleg and you piratey man. Pilfer. Pilfer, yes, thank you. Please to get our tents and our provisions set up and all ready, because I am hungry. I cannot go too long between meals. When do we get to go on the water? Not until tomorrow. That's not soon enough. Ah, uh, hello, uh, water? What, what about water? Oleg, look out at the lake. Don't you just want to ride upon it to master her beautiful waves? Ah, uh, da. Yeah, yeah, yes. Of course you do, Sonny. Waves? That's why you're me new first mate. Mate? Aye, my right hand man. Oh, uh, no, I, 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 right left hand. No, uh, like, here, first duty, carry me bags to the campsite. And I plop my bags in your arms. Okay. And, uh, Oleg, as you're carrying the bags, you feel something start rustling around inside of them. Uh, hello? Uh, bag? Hello? And as you pause and you kind of start unzipping the bag, this terrifying visage of a gaunt, rotting face screaming out with yellowed teeth pops out at you. And after a moment, it scampers off into the woods. You notice that there's a raccoon that has been put in this bag with a mask over the top of it. And Commander Brickathon starts laughing his head off, and he goes, and he tries to grab the mask off the raccoon, and it starts biting his ankle. But yeah, it appears that the shenanigans have already started. <laughs> it's, it's funny. <laughs> yeah, it's real funny. Hey, keep your hands out of me luggage. Uh, okay, I drop it for you. Not you, him. And Commander Brickathon sidles up to you, Pilfer, and puts his arm around you and says, Now listen, kid, I know you're new to this crew, but there's one thing you gotta learn. It's all about levity. Don't take yourself too serious. Have a little fun. <laughs> and he kind of gives you a noogie on top of your head. Ah, I know how to have fun. You should have seen me in the Barbados port last spring. Oh man, Barbados. That was a good time. Those dames, little baby. A different one in every port. I like you. We're gonna get along just fine. Aye, we will, if you keep your hands out of me luggage. Ah, uh, don't worry about it, kid. It's just a little prank. I hop over to my luggage and zip it up. After all, from what I understand, I'm the least you have to worry about in this place. And he steps out and you all kind of start getting a good look at this campsite here. And in stark contrast to all of the beautiful greenery that you saw walking in here, the trees here are gnarled and barren, the bark stripped off, leaving just uh, this bleached white bone-like surface on all of the trees. There's just, there's just straight up crows and vultures perched <laughs> in all of these branches waiting for you to enter in. And we're going to go ahead and set up some aspects for our haunted campsite here, because this is a place that we're going to be in for quite a bit during this campaign, I have the feeling. So we're going to go around and we're going to create some aspects and we'll roll to create an advantage after each one. So let's go ahead and start with Master Brickathon. As you look around this campsite, what's one of the first weird, spooky things you notice? I notice that there is already a campfire going 
and we did not light it, and it seems to be ever-burning. All right, so the aspect that I'm going to give us for this is going to be called, was that there before? Nice. And now go ahead and roll to create an advantage, unmodified against a difficulty of zero, just to see how advantageous this is going to be for you. Plus one. Plus one, nice. So the aspect is created, and your team gets a free invoke on it as we eventually move forward. Let's go to Evan. As Pilfer the Pirate looks around at this campsite, what's something that catches his eye? Uh, Despite the fact that everyone insists it's not haunted and constantly debates whether it's actually haunted or not, there's just straight up ghosts just kind of hanging out. (laughs) (laughs) We're not really sure. Maybe. It's all a folk's tale. It's not true. Okay, I'm going to call this aspect, Don't Bother the Locals. I like that. Uh, My role for how advantageous that is, is a minus two. Okay. So uh, it exists, but the opposition is going to get a free invoke on this aspect when we eventually come to that. In our last campaign, I also made an aspect that got used against us heavily. So maybe I need to start thinking of these a little more strategically. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, there's got to be, you know, something for the opposition. Yeah, no, that's, you know, one of the core tenets of the fate system is fiction first. Uh, Do what's cool, and then the game will respond to it. It does make sense that us trampling into a bunch of ghosts' home would not go well for us. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And Oleg, as you look around this campsite, uh, what's something that catches your eye? The first thing he notices is how much it feels like home. It just looks so familiar and welcoming, just like just like the good old country. <laughs> All right. So the aspect that I'm going to give us then is that old world vibe. <laughs> All right, so now go ahead and roll your dice. Plus two. Nice. So you guys are going to get a free invoke on this aspect as well. So, yeah, with that old world vibe, you're looking around and, you know, it's kind of Grimm's fairy tale-esque. There's actually, like, you peer off into the distance and you can see there's straight up, like, a shack, this hut that's been built that has some smoke rising up from the chimney. It's way further back into the woods, just these bleak, barren woods. And as you're peering out into the distance, you can see there's movement going on back there, but you can't quite make out what is causing that movement. Well, we're going to be here for quite some time, so I suggest you all get comfortable. Ned, I would like to uh, walk up, find a good empty spot of ground, and then just start trying to, you know, classic master builder style, build myself a small shack to spend the weekend. So we're going to have you roll to create an advantage. I got a zero. Zero. So you reach around and you're looking for good materials to work with, and you find you know, there's some old branches that are kind of rotting and spongy. Um, there's some pine cones. There are a couple, like, cinder blocks out here just kind of in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> but you grab these and you start putting them together. And as, eventually... As, sorry to interrupt. Mm-hmm. As I'm uh, throwing all these pieces together, can I invoke bumbling luck to somehow have them fall into a generally good uh, shack and add two to my roll? Yeah. So you like are stepping around and you notice these cinder blocks because you stepped right into the middle of one of them with your peg leg and uh, you're kind of flailing around trying to get it out. But as you do so, everything kind of falls into place in a weirdly livable fashion. 
And so we have now created this new aspect here, and that is a surprisingly sturdy hideout. And we're going to give you a free invoke on that as well. That was quite impressive. Aye, I've built my own fair share of things in my day. Just wait, you are young yet. Oleg uh, sees him build this surprisingly impressive structure and just goes over and reaches down and just starts ripping blocks out of the ground to create kind of a pit home for himself. All right. Let's have you roll to create an advantage as well. Okay. And let's have you add clever to this. Ah, okay. (laughs) That is a one. All right. So your construction is much simpler than the one that Pilfer was going for, and it's definitely a bit more rough around the edges. I mean, it's a pit in the ground, but you've managed to cover it up nicely and, you know, you wanted it to feel like home, so you've constructed a nice little bunker, kind of a bomb shelter area here. (laughs) So, the aspect that we're going to give you is to the bomb shelter, and you guys are going to get one free invoke on that as well. And Master Brickathon, as this is going on, you look over and you see that your brother is trying to set up his tent. Um, As opposed to, you know, these sort of raw ingenuity that you're seeing from these bright young minds. He's just got this tent that he bought from the store back like 40 years ago when you guys first started working with the builder program. Oh my goodness. He rolled a minus four. (laughs) So uh, he starts setting up this tent and as he's doing so, he's like, uh, you know, I, I didn't want to mention this to you so you wouldn't worry beforehand, but I actually lost the canvas to the tent. Don't ask me what I was doing, but I found us a better canvas. And as he's setting up, you see, it looks like he's taken billboards, like the material they use to create billboards, and they've got like torn grommets. It looks like he just ripped these off of the billboard structures themselves <laughs> and has fashioned them into kind of a wall tent sort of size. And as you're looking at what these billboards were advertising, it looks like they were advertising a spook house, like around Halloween. It's got these big phrases all over it that say things like, ghouls and ghosts, come here today, that kind of stuff. (laughs) Um, So just this big old advertisement for all of these strange, creepy things out in the woods to come and find you. Mm, I see. Well, that is what I get for trusting my brother with my lodgings. Hey, man, don't worry about it. The lodgings may not gonna be great, but I got some snacks for us. I'm not gonna worry about that Cisco garbage that they give us from the commissary. Oh yes, I, I am quite hungry. And he reaches into his pocket and he pulls out one of those Lego drumsticks. And he says, here you go, bud, just for you. Oh, just like mother used to make. Thank you very much. Exactly like mother used to make, straight from the factory. Ned, I'd like to um, pull out an entire fish out of my back pocket and slap it into a frying pan and hold it over the eternal flame. Uh, Go ahead and roll an overcome check uh, to try and do a good job of cooking this fish in a pleasing way. And I think you can probably do that flashy if you do like some hibachi style flair. Uh, With the flashiness that I'm doing, it makes it a plus four total. Oh, booyah. So this fish is so wonderful and so amazing that not only have you created a delicious meal, you also gain a boost for yourself. The boost that I'm going to give you is an army marches on its stomach. (laughs) Man, it's a good thing that we're building up so many boosts and free invokes for you guys here in the beginning because things are going to go down later. Yeah, we're going to need these. I can tell. (laughs) But yeah, now that things are kind of settling down, you see the moon up in the sky is starting to rise 
and you watch as the UFOs are coming in with brick by brick, building it out to the full spherical shape, and it's so, so close to being there. You figure that if you were to stay up and watch, you could watch the last brick be put in place to turn this into the full moon, and a chill kind of descends over the camp. You look around it at the other campsites, you can see columns of smoke rising up into the air, bright pockets of light against the darkness, little enclaves of warmth and jolliness as you hear laughter and jubilation coming from these other troops. And you look over and you see there's one particular campsite, an area that you're very familiar with, an area that you thought you were going to be staying in. And there's like these big, you know, like those lights that are generator powered that you bring in on wheels and you pop them up, these big old floodlights. It's got those up there. Um, you can see from here that the bonfire is just massive, sending up sparks into the sky. And you can hear what sounds like a marching band practicing over there. Uh, they're getting together to play taps for the night to let everybody know that it's time to get to sleep. And Commander Brickathon sits down next to you, Master, and he says, Those schmoes over there, don't worry, we're going to teach them a lesson. We're going to teach them they can't steal the best campsite. The Bric-a-Brac troop has long been one of my many, many nemeses, and I plan this year to be the last that they will be my nemesis. So are you saying we're finally going to pull out all the plugs? I am willing to consent to plug pulling. And he gives a little chuckle, and you notice this entire time as you've been distracted, he's got his big old Bowie-style camping knife that he's been sharpening on his whetstone. Hey, I, Master Brickathon, might I speak to you? Yes, yes, yes. What is it? I couldn't help but notice that other campsite. Yes, the Bric-a-Brac troop, what of them? Do you know what we would do on the sea to somebody that tried to take something from us? And I draw a sword. I appreciate the sentiment, young pilfer, but we cannot be so overt here at camp, or we ourselves would be cast out. And at that point, you hear footsteps coming up towards the entrance to your campsite, and you turn and you see that same staff member that greeted you at the entrance. He is coming in, and he's got this flashlight that he's carrying in a very shaky hand uh, as he's <laughs> surveying the campsite. And he shows up, and he's like, uh, Hey, it's me. Uh, I'm, your, I'm your camp friend for this week. I'm going to be in charge of, you know, making sure that you know everything that's going on, helping you with, like, your order of the... Can't be Order of the Arrow. I mean, they've got arrows in Legos, right? Why not? Help you out with your Order of the Arrow <laughs> elections, that kind of stuff. Um, uh, excuse me, sir. Uh, I, I, I love your enthusiasm with the blade, but if you're not careful, I'm going to have to cut a quarter off your totem chip for that. Ah, uh, you won't be cutting anything if I have something to say about it. Do you challenge me to a duel? <laughs> no, that doesn't happen until Camp Games on Friday. Well then, have you brought us anything to help us with the full moon? Uh, yes, of course. Um, so we, we make special provisions for anybody who ends up staying in the haunted campsite. Uh, I've brought some stuff with you from the lodge. Uh, we're going to have to have you return it at the end of the week, so make sure it's in good condition. And he it plumps down. It's like one of those big old military food tins that they use for bear boxes. And he pops it open. And he's like, okay, yeah, we've got some, let's see, some wooden stakes, some crosses, some <laughs> silver-tipped arrows, <laughs> some holy water here. Those things might come in handy for you guys. And, you know, like I said, we're going to need them back. You know, the council has restricted our budget a little bit this year, but, you know, we're still happy to serve you all and give you the best experience possible here at Camp Studston. Thank you very much. Uh, 
I'm sorry. Uh, there seems to be a hole in my memory. I, I can't remember your name. Oh, my name is Scoops. Scoops. A good name. Ned, I'd like to jump headfirst into the bucket and start throwing things out of it all over my shoulders, the holy water, the stakes, a crossbow. And then as I pop out, I'd like to be wearing one of the scary masks and go Rah! to Scoops. Uh, yeah, go ahead and roll to overcome to see how spooked this guy is going to be. He's going to defend with Clever to see if he notices your ruse. How spooked is Scoops? Do I add anything to mine? Yeah, go ahead and roll with Flashy. Then that is another plus four. He gets a plus one, so you have succeeded with style. As you jump out there, uh, what which mask have you chosen from Commander Brickathon's stash? Oh, uh, I chose the sea monster mask. Mm, very fitting. It's, it's kind of Japanese-inspired, almost like a Gyarados. <laughs> mm, beautiful. And so he sees you as you pop up and let out this massive scream. And he also lets out a scream at the top of his lungs, and he starts running away from the camp. And he's like, I'll be back tomorrow morning with announcements just before flag ceremony. Beware, somebody always disappears every night here at the Haunted Campsite. <laughs> well, Spooks, I mean Scoops, is an excitable fellow. I'm sure we have nothing to worry about tonight. Pay him no mind. Hey, pay? I, no, I uh, don't have uh, money. No, 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 Oleg. It means don't pay attention to him. Don't pay? Don't worry. Don't worry. D worry? Don't worry about a thing. Ah, and that's understood. all I can sing or else we're going to get flagged for content. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Oleg, you should have learned how to use one of these in your home country. And I toss him a wooden stake. Um, I'd like to catch it and then like full Van Helsing style, just like twirl it around my fingers and like throw it up in the air behind my back, catch it and just like slipped into my uh, belt loop. Twirl it around your fingers. <laughs> my two fingers, which just goes between the, the two claw fingers. <laughs> Pilfer, you notice as he's putting on this display, uh, you can see in the mists behind him on the outskirts of the campsite, just out of the bright light of the ever-burning bonfire, you see a pair of eyes appear, glowing with this very dull, sickly yellow color. Oleg, on your toes! And I point as I grab a silver-tipped arrow. I, I jump onto my tiptoes. And as you turn <laughs> around, you see something beginning to appear out of the mists, something that you can't quite tell what the shape is, but there is darkness except for just these two glowing eyes. Uh, by this point, Master Brickathon, you and your brother have also noticed this going on, this creature starting to loom into the campsite. You can hear a ragged breathing noise, or is that two or three ragged breathing noises? And there's this rustling and plodding noise, these wet thumps coming from its direction as it moves. And that is where we're going to pick up next week. Ah, thanks everybody so much for listening to Improv Tabletop. We'll be back next week with more adventures in the world of the Tension Builders. If you want more, go ahead and subscribe, maybe even give us a review. We would be as happy as an old man who has just scared a bunch of children out of their pants uh, if you would go ahead and do that for us. Uh, we're also on Twitter, at Improv Tabletop. If you'd like to suggest either a setting for us to play in or an aspect for one of our characters to use, uh, like at the beginning of this episode, we had some suggestions that we pulled from. One of those could be yours. If you want to have that opportunity, just tweet about us using hashtag setting or hashtag aspect. Let's go around and do a round of plugs. 
so lately I have been paying attention to uh, my fitness for the very first time ever, essentially, which is kind of a new, unique experience for me. And so I've decided that I'm going to go in whole hog and I'm going to be creating some nutritional supplements that you can purchase from me. Uh, they are made of absolutely nothing but tapioca starch um, because it's like, uh, you know, it's, it's probably good for you. I assume it's good for you. I was, in the, I was in the store and I saw this on the shelves and I was like, that looks like a healthy thing. So I take the tapioca starch and, you know, I mix in a couple secret ingredients. What's in it? I mean, it's a trade secret, man. But this is the secret to you being able to get fit just like your friend Ned. And if you're interested in that, you can find that at the nedfitnessprogram.blogspot.com. I love how you run all your storefronts through Blogspot, the number one e-commerce <laughs> platform. The number one e-commerce platform. Well, until Shopify starts sponsoring us, they're not going to get any. They're not going to get any airtime on this program. Let's see, Caleb, what you got going on? nothing new as of the very moment. I've got a few audiobooks on Audible and iTunes. I didn't write them, but I, I did read them. So if you guys want to go check that out, that would be a great help to me, and you might have some fun with it. I mean, you guys have been hearing this voice. It's like, it's like melted chocolate over velvet. If you want that saying something that's actually good instead of just <laughs> the weird make-em-ups, then go ahead and check out one of these audiobooks. Thank you. That was the most beautiful backhanded compliment I've ever received. Yeah, that's more. Uh, I'm the one who created this podcast, so it's more of a more of a slam on myself than anything else, I suppose. And Evan, what you got going on? Any more performance art pieces that you've been doing lately? Uh, you know it. Um, you know I I do so many uh, these days. So uh, this week I'm taking a trip to Canada, where uh, I will be living for three days amongst the local moose population uh, <laughs> with no form of sustenance or clothing other than pure maple syrup. Clothed in the maples, the true Canadian way. I think I think it came up with the name for the book that you're going to write about it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, I look forward to those wonderful memoirs as they get written eventually. Of course. Uh, once those are released, they'll be available in a uh, Google Drive folder that you don't have access to if anyone wants to check those out. So. <laughs> And Evan does not accept access requests from anybody. Absolutely not. So don't even get your hopes up. <laughs> All right. Christian, what you got going on? I've been working on a really new, uh, really exciting new project. Uh, it's sort of a communal art experience. So together uh, we purchase pixels and one by one uh, we're going to create an image. Uh, once we do that, we'll uh, do that again uh, probably about 23 more times. We're hoping for at least 3 million per image and then we'll stream it together and uh, we will finally end the debate as to whether it is a GIF or a GIF by playing it and seeing what it reveals to us. You can obviously <laughs> go ahead and start purchasing pixels now. Just scream into your headphones. <laughs> And uh, we will go ahead and put your order in. We already have your information. Wow. Dude. And when this gets put up on the blockchain as an NFT, that's going to rake in tons of cash. Oh, absolutely. That's where that's where we're expecting to get our returns. The future is now, everyone. I'm, I'm sure I'm going to be getting in on that. And you all can be part of it, too. Well, thanks, everyone, again, for joining us here in the world of the Tension Builders. I'm Ned Wilcock, your host and GM, and I've been joined by... Caleb Anderton, the old wise man. 
Evan Peterson, the sassy pirate. And Christian Randall, the Russian? Question mark? (laughs) (laughs) Much love and stuff. We'll catch you next week on Improv Tabletop. Thank you.